Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. Oh my gosh, episode 229 and Steve is not here. He is this not could here. possibly be the best working class bow hunter episode of all time. I think it's going to be the best one. Oh yeah. It is. He's in Canada right now. That's where he spent his 4th of July. Yep. You know, he's up there mowing Canadians' grass and stuff. You know, I guess it's each country that's above you, that's just what you do for them. You know yeah, what I mean? Is that it? You mow their grass for them? I guess. That's what he told me earlier. I was on the phone with him. Oh, God. And I said, hey, just don't come back, right? Does he even mow his own grass? <laughs> I don't think he has grass. <laughs> was he starting to say sorry already? <laughs> yeah, sorry. he's going to come back so Canadian, we're all just going to hate him. I, I like Canadians, but I hate when people like Steve impersonate Canadians. Right, you know? right. It's offensive. <laughs> it's offensive to real Bushmen. <laughs> He's so from still the an bush. idiot. Seems like I'm from the bush, so you'll say. Uh, everyone in the studio here is Eric running around. Yep, how's it going? Doug. How's it going? Intern Tank, I'll be nice to you, because Steve's normally mean to you when he I introduces know. you. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Get up on that mic there. Don't be scared, little buddy. I know. It's, I'm not <laughs> used to it. Yeah. I got it turned down because Steve's normally on that mic. Yeah, so. yeah. louder than hell. I'm yeah. not going to yell. Sorry. Well, we're going to kick off with a veteran shout-out. Steve actually... 
pulled through on an episode he's not on, which is pretty amazing. Uh, the person that submitted this is our buddy Garrett Benner from the Modern Assassin. Check him out on Instagram. You won't regret following him there. Uh, veteran name, Hunters for Life. Um, so it's a nonprofit organization, uh, huntersforlife.com or um, is Insta, Hunters for Life USA. Nonprofit organization that makes the outdoors accessible to all regardless of age or limitation. The only disability is life, in life is a bad attitude. They need uh, help raising money for their annual veterans fishing trip. The They take 12 U.S. veterans from all branches of the military out to enjoy a weekend in the outdoors and camaraderie of friends in the outdoors. Um, so, yeah, if you need any info on that, just go to huntersforlife.com or go straight to go to the Modern Assassin on Instagram uh, or Facebook and uh, hit up Garrett for that. So appreciate you uh, submitting that, man. And if anybody has a veteran shout-out they want to submit, go to workingclassbowhunter.com. Hit the contact tab, and down there you can submit your own veteran for our veteran shout-out segment. Help us yep. with uh, pronunciation. That's probably yeah, we need help with that all every time. <laughs> it's yes. key. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. So appreciate that. Uh, thank you everyone for for doing that. That's a good cause, man. Down for that for sure. Um, one thing we got to do before we get into the episode. This episode of Working Class Boner is brought to you by John Brown's Barbershop in Milan, Illinois. Got to go down and see our buddy Colin. Um, you'll see him, the, the skinny tattooed guy in there, the only one. Um, I just went in today and got myself a fresh skin fade, ready for the hot summer weekend yep. out on the pond, if you will. It could be a hot one at work tonight, that's for sure. <coughs> oh, yeah. But if you would have had a fresh fade from Colin down there at John Brown's yeah, Barbershop right. in Milan, Illinois, right. you'd be set. <laughs> you'd be right. a lot better. Yep. If you go down there, if you're anywhere in our area, the Quad City area, tell them that we sent you. Um he probably won't give you a discount, but it'll just be cool to tell him that uh, <laughs> we sent you. <yeah. laughs> so check that out. Good stuff there. I, I, I always appreciate like a good barber shop. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Nice atmosphere. Yeah, it's like I hate – I cringe a little bit when guys are like, oh, yeah, I go to great clubs and spend like 25 bucks on a buzz. Is that what you do, Doug? No. It's not? I go to sports clubs. It's different. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> See, my barber shop, though, they have a bush light waiting for me every what? time I walk in. Damn. Oh, yeah. It's nice. It's only $10, so – can't beat that. Yeah, it's also two two houses down from your house. They just right. know oh, you'll yeah. be there. Oh yeah, they always has a. Where do you go get your haircut at, Tank? Uh, Cheyenne. I go to my wife's uh, stylist. <laughs> Dang. Dang. What are you paying Dang. fifty yeah. bucks for a haircut? No, no. Your nails Dang. done. Get your, get your nails done too. Yeah, yeah. Manicures, pedicures. Man, go there and get Dang. a fresh fade and a dick suck, huh? Get <laughs> 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 a massage too. Yeah, yeah. Hot towels, <laughs> rub and tug. Yeah. Hell yeah. It, it's full service. <laughs> full service. <laughs> Rub it. I'm not even mad. <laughs> That's impressive. All right. Keep going there, man. Doug's got a new barber now. <laughs> you got a deal worked out. This podcast is also brought to you by Sniper Trail Cams. Super pumped about that. Mm-hmm. And we'll just make it also brought to you by Big Time. Um, Illinois boys in here can't put out Big Time. Yep. But you guys just got a truckload of Big Time now, and you're going to go home. Oh, yeah. up. You guys going to spread that out this weekend? Oh, Doing yeah. Tomorrow. So there you go. The Big Tine and Sniper. Put them one in front of the other. Make it happen. I'm hoping some see some good velvet pictures, man. Because I feel like I, the bucks on my lease are like behind like three, four weeks. You think so? I don't know. I just feel like they're like way – like there's not a lot of growth. Hmm. From what I've been seeing online compared to my place, I would, I just think the same thing as you do. Like I feel like I'm behind. Yeah, there's guys you see photos like I don't know where they're at, but it's yeah. like they got a whole rack already. Yeah, it right, looks like right. – Jesus. It's like, damn, was it August? I guess I mean, we're falling really behind over here. Away. What the hell? I don't know. 
Maybe it's just we'll catch up. People are probably posting photos from like last oh, year, last year, <laughs> right? Just edit the, like the date, changing the timestamp. I don't know. I feel like it's behind on that one. I don't have. I actually don't even have cameras out on my other property. Well, usually, yet. it's around like that July Fourth area where you can mm-hmm. really start seeing what bucks what. I I see. Yeah. I feel like I got one buck that's got like a. He's. I think he's going to be pretty cool. He's got a split brow tie on already. Mm-hmm. But like, I think he's he's got the body of like a four year old. But I think he's. He just doesn't look like he's developed that much. Like he's not. He's just to like his G twos. Hmm. Yeah, the one I got's a little more out. The one I showed you, but he's got saggy belly and everything still. I wonder if that I has to do know. with like when they shed their antlers versus how far. Like because I shed hunted my lease and found one little shed, but I still had trail cam pictures really late. I felt the buck still holding. That could probably be that they yeah. shed them late and they just start growing late. I don't know. That's don't what know. I'm going with. I don't know how any of that shit works. This but, big time's about to. Help me out, though. Yeah, yeah I can't <laughs> use it. Grow a little bit more. But the mm-hmm. nice thing is the sniper cell cam. You know, I have it in a pinch point now where yep. I I had my regular, it was a non, the non-cellular sniper cam out there, and that's how I knew to put the cell cam there because that's where it's like Sims where I had the most buck movement. Um, so that would be cool. Uh, Mana coolers, got to thank them. Man, those are awesome coolers, though, uh, especially on the hot days right now, 4th yep. of July week. And by the way, I hope everyone had a good 4th. But, yeah, I'm going to have all mine out this weekend. Oh, yeah. You said you're going to have the purple nurple. Cooler full. <laughs> the purple nurple. Doug's that, <laughs> got a bright purple mana cooler. That's the best. Easy to see. That, that one's mine. Yeah, you, you know, you're going to lose that it. thing, aren't yeah, you? don't touch that. You don't need to write your name on it. That's no. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Elite Archery. By the way, when Elite does purple bows, they look badass. Amazing. Like, the, if you get, like, an echelon or yeah. in all purple. That was smooth looking at. Was it an ATA we saw it? Yep. Yeah. But, it, like, the trendy teal, I don't think they did that for 2018. But the trendy teal was my favorite color of the that year. Was I was color. digging that one, too. Yeah. This is a color you'd never think of ever getting in a bow. You'd be like, oh, that's, like, a, a girl color. I wouldn't Even do the pink looked good, I thought. Yeah, I did, too. I would I would get that. What um, I think Chance Boboff shoots a purple echelon. Look that up. I'm pretty sure he always shoots like a purple bow. Hmm. The purple is freaking nasty, though. Purple is sweet. Mm-hmm. Our, our uh, sign in the studio right now is purple, by the way, which is cool. Just oh, like nice. my cooler. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Before we get into the episode, we got to make a big, big announcement. We just confirmed today, and we announced this on our social media mm-hmm. last week. We have, for people who don't know, that just listen and don't have social media, we are launching a series on Carbon TV. It's official. Mm-hmm. That's something we've been working on for a while now. Um, we got a unique twist on podcasts coming out there. Uh, official launch date is July 30th. It's a Monday. So we did it separate from the normal either Tuesdays and Thursdays podcast that we can right. release. So Casey can't get enough of us. So I don't know what the hell is wrong with you if you can't. But it's in there. So 25 days away. We'll remind you every podcast now until then, and then we'll promote every <laughs> yeah. episode until there's another one out. But uh, season one, getting our feet wet, finding our vibe there. Because it's, it's not the same. You can't just, like, turn on record like you right. can. You got video cameras and all that other shit going yeah. on. Yep. And there's a lot more dynamic. Tank's the can't, one of the camera guys for it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny watching people's faces when they realize they're on cameras. They just stone stone face. Well, that too. And you can see, like, when Steve does something stupid, you can see yeah. us all look at him like, right. dumb the, motherfucker. What the hell uh-huh. is he doing? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be cool, man. I'm yeah. excited for it. I think it'll be good for us. and uh, Everyone kind of see the studio and get a feel for that, too. Yeah, well, it's going to open up a lot of doors for opportunity of, like, what we can do. Sure. You know, season yep. two is going to be even better. We already have plans for that. We're not even through filming with season one. Um, but it's like we're new to the video game. So. It's trial and error right now. 
It is. We're going to see how this goes, but either way, we're going to do it, and we're going to have fun doing it, and uh, we still got uh, three episodes to film, and they're all mm-hmm. going to be good, and then we even got bonus episodes for season two. Not bonus, mm. they're just <laughs> episodes we're getting on the ball for for season two. Yep, yep, yep. Just grinding. It's crazy how, like, you know, we haven't even launched our first episode season one, and we're, like, already thinking about what we're doing for season, season two. two. Yeah. Job security for me. Yeah, it is. Right, right. It's just it's a weird thing because like TV <laughs> shows, there's such a like a build up to them like that. It just takes time, time and scheduling and well, like a mm-hmm. podcast, we don't really have seasons for that shit. We just do them all year long, you know. Right, exactly. And two, it's not like just a regular video series where like it's not like a vlog. You know, I can film myself in a vlog. Mm-hmm. You know, to do our show, like all of us have to be able to have the same schedule for it. Along with our regular podcast that's coming out every single week, yep. and then our guest has to line up, and then you know we got mm-hmm. some ideas going, but it'll be fun. So just take a take a little ret down on your schedule for uh, July thirtieth. Put it in your calendar. The official season one promo will be out this coming week, so you get to see a little bit of what we're doing. But it's not going to show you everything, so we don't want to give it all away. Yeah, you can't let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, no. you know, give them a little teaser. A little teaser. A little teaser. <laughs> Here you go. This podcast is going to be a little different. Hunters Blend Coffee. Uh, they're always a little different when you have like a company on, but like when you have a, you know, it's not a pro, it's a product, but it's not like a specific mm-hmm. hunting product. Mm-hmm. It's a coffee company. So this is going to be a little. Especially Steve's not here. Good thing we, he doesn't. He isn't here to drink coffee. That'd be bad. But anyway, oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little different. Um, I think anyway. But yeah, they're all yeah. hunters, so they'll probably blend in right. We'll get along oh, with yeah, them. The, the Hunters Blend Coffee Ooh. right in with us, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get this going before I lose my mind here in our long, drug-out <laughs> intro. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, on the phone with us is the boys from Hunters Blend Coffee. We have Paul and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, we're doing good, Kurt. You guys all jacked up on caffeine, or how does that work normally throughout your day? <laughs> well, I have a theory that uh, when the hotter it is, the more coffee you should drink. I mean, it's uh, it's my theory, mine alone, but it <laughs> works for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I can get real detailed about how that works, but, yeah, we're jacked up on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go into detail. Your guys' coffee, just right off the gate, is amazing. Um, I think my wife drinks more of it than I, I do, and that's only because she gets to it first. Um, uh-huh. But, no, it is awesome. I personally, I can't drink hot coffee when it's hot out. I, I drink hot coffee in the mornings before I go hunting. I'm right. a big fan of iced coffee, so that's where I get moving with my coffee in the morning. But uh, how, what do you guys drink in the morning? Is it hot coffee even when it's hot out? Is that oh, how yeah. it works? I, I drink I, I drink hot coffee. Hey, it, it was actually my grandma that came up with this, but she said your body's 98 or whatever you know degrees, and if it's a if it's 100 degrees outside and you pour in ice water, you just created a differential a different a, a temperature differential of you know, maybe 40 degrees, and you're going to notice your body's shocks, and yeah, it feels good. But by putting uh, 140 or 100 degree coffee, I, I don't drink. I don't want it so hot it's even my glasses. You know, but I like hot, warm coffee on a hot day. It actually is very good. <laughs> my, my wife would hear what I just said and say, "You're full of baloney." You know? so, <laughs> Well, I'll drink hot coffee tomorrow morning before work to kick off my weekend just for you yeah. guys, and I'll see how I feel. There you go. But I'm going to have there a feeling that AC is going to be cranked to the max, and I'm oh, going to yeah. be sweating my ass off. But I guess it'll be <laughs> hey, delicious when it goes one, down. I'll tell you one thing, Kurt. If you take a good cup of coffee and uh, it was brewed hot, take a glass 
of ice water and put just a half a teaspoon of sugar over the ice, just a little bit, and then pull that cup of hot coffee over the ice, that sugar just cuts a little bit of the edge of bitterness. And that's a, that's a great way to drink a, a glass of iced coffee. Oh, really? Okay. I'll give that a shot. I, I know there are so many ways to drink yeah. coffee. Yeah. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's let's do this. Let's kick off because some of our listeners might be going, "Why are they having guys that have a coffee company on the podcast?" Right. So kind of just let's kind of just get to know you guys, how you got started, and how Hunters Blend Coffee applies to us. If if you're an early morning hunter, coffee is a big part of our game here. But I want you guys to explain yeah. it in detail. Yeah. Well, I mean. I sometimes think of it this way that the hunt, and I've noticed this in hunting camps where I'm, you know, doing a pack in or whether I'm at campground, it's, uh, or in my camper, we all want our coffee. Coffee makes the hunting world go round. You know, it's like I remember in camp, it's the first guy up in the morning, you know, put the coffee on. That's, that's almost a religious thing. You know, we need coffee. Um, Unfortunately, because you're working work class, working class bow hunters, uh, you know, bow hunting is a close contact sport. So we're also trying to limit our scent and and be scent free in the stand. But I tell you what, man, I gotta have my coffee in the stand. And uh, so when I'm serious about my my bow game during the rut and stuff, I don't have coffee. But but I have coffee in my tree stand. I uh, so. I got into coffee probably 15 years ago. I started a roasting company, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Mm-hmm. And it was a way to work with growers in Central America and East Africa to help them help themselves really, short of giving them a handout, giving them money. Let's pay fairly for really good coffee. And so I started bringing in full containers and they're 40,000 pounds in a container. And I really saw how it changed the whole communities. I could tell you stories of, of, uh, people working, people have jobs that didn't have jobs because the farmer is actually benefiting, uh, from our relationship. So that, that was a company that I, and I've been working at for 15 years, but I, and uh, I, I don't want to walk into something too controversial here, but if you know anything about the coffee industry, to name your biggest, uh, you know, chains, they're, they're very left as far as uh, politically and... Well, you can call those people support. out on the podcast. That's what we do here usually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so if you're in a Starbucks or a Caribou, you are you are supporting causes that are working to shut you down. Right, okay. They're against the second command... Uh, Amendment, yeah, you know, they're anti-gun. Commandment, yeah, amendment. They're a bunch uh, of fucking they're, liberals. They're saving, we'll just say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're saving the planet. They're hugging trees, hugging bunnies, and <laughs> you know. And so, we're, coffee makes, and I really believe this. I really believe coffee is sort of this engine that fuels many hunters as they get up in the morning and approach their love, and they're actually in the tank supporting causes that are, um, you know, su- supporting causes to shut them down, you know. They, right. And, yeah, it's uh, like a, if a gun hunter gets just, up and he's drinking coffee in the morning before he goes out and hunts with a rifle and he's drinking Starbucks coffee, it's like, well, <laughs> right. yeah, you're, do- that, yeah. you're a conservationist, yeah. but you're also, you just funded the one of the companies that wants to end it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 
and and there's a lot of a lot of roasters that never really track. They're good roasting companies, but they never really track who imported that coffee, who actually went to the farmer and negotiate the deal and imported it. And they're doing importers are you know in business for profit too. So, but I can tell you, most of those are very liberal as well. There's something about coffee that attracts a, a, a group of do-gooders that just want to kind of share the wealth, you know, they just, and they, but they don't want to take it from themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm a capitalist. I'm a business person. We, I believe in good business. And uh, when right. you go to a farmer and say, you've got stinking good coffee and it deserves to be paid well for it. And I will take 40,000 pounds of it. Suddenly you got his attention. You're not giving him a little fair trade premium of 25 cents a pound. I'm paying twice for that coffee because it has that value up here. Right. And that's what I was doing. Yeah. That's what I was doing with Hemisphere. But then I've got a a brother-in-law, Ken, out in Iowa. He hunts big deers. I don't, I, I, big deer. I don't know if you got big deer in Illinois or not. Oh, bigger, bigger in Iowa. (laughs) I do know you do. Uh, Uh, That's an argument for another show. Probably twice as big, some will say. You know, we got two Iowa boys in here and two Illinois boys in the studio. So, of course, there's bigger deer in Illinois. Agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, And and Mike is also a brother-in-law of mine. Uh, So the three of us just put our heads, we were hunters, and we we were kind of moaning about just the, um, man, you know, we, Coffee makes this hunting world go around. We we go to the ATA. I was starting to try to put some coffee into the Archery Trade Association. And I had a booth and was just trying to see how it would go. And so we just really are pushing this as we're hunters and we're going to provide coffee for the hunting industry and just try to take it, take it to the masses. Right. Well, I think it's as a great a, idea because – we yeah. need that, you know. If if it was possible for me to everything I consume, you know, besides like deer meat or whatever it is, if I knew that hunters were behind it and people with the same mindset as me, I would steer that way on everything I absolutely oh, did. Absolutely. So I think you know, coffee wow. plays such a big role in hunting camp, like you said. And it's something that you might not think about all the time, but maybe this podcast will open a lot of people's eyes. Like, well, yeah, coffee is a big deal of getting up and yeah. waking up, getting excited yeah. about what you're about to do for the day. So, yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand, but even anything, it could be, even if you were a sandwich company and you were Hunter's yeah. Gourmet Sandwiches, it would still be worth talking to you because you're supporting what we're about, and it'd be something, you know, you do yeah. when you're, I mean, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it kind of applies in the same point. If, oh, yeah, If sure. I can purchase something from someone who supports what I what I base my life off of, I'm going to go to them to get what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and you probably have some listeners on that uh, neck of the woods, but, oh, but yeah. they're big into hunting camps, you know. And my my uncles would take me to camp. You know, we were we were fully loaded, and before we even leave town, we stop at a gas station and get a cup of coffee, you know. And then yep. get to camp, and and like I said, first guy up, the guy that put the coffee on was a very important dude. He just wasn't sleeping in late, you know. He got up and made fire and put the coffee on it's a big big part of hunting it really is mm-hmm. and that's how yeah. i started drinking coffee honestly is because i never drank it before especially when i was younger but hunting with my dad he'd get up throw the coffee on and that's where i started drinking coffee to get woke up in the morning because i'm not gonna drink a soda yeah. in the morning you know so mm-hmm. 
that's what I would. That's how I got drinking coffee in the first place. But yeah, I would love if we could figure out how to. And I know this sounds gross, but uh, mix coffee and, and dough urine. You know, make <laughs> an attractive, an attractive on stand drinking coffee because. <laughs> You know, when you talk bow hunting, it really is a different. I mean, there's there's turkey hunters, there's waterfowl, there's you know, and guns. From you know, you get a little 100, 200 yards out. Growing in Pennsylvania, we had coffee on our stands all the time. As I became a bow hunter, that is still that's my passion. I've had to really, you know, I, I don't, I just don't take coffee to my tree stand. But and I get your point uh, too. But at the same time, you know, I can make the point. Um, because I I've thought about that too. I'm, I'm going to bring coffee with me, but it's got it smells or whatever. But if you're going on an all day sit and you know your stand is going to be good for a wind, mm-hmm. and and you're confident in that the wind's supposed to stay the same all day, and if it's cold out and if you want to sit all day, one of the ways to get through that cold day and knock the edge off is have coffee or some sort of like broth in a thermos. Yep. Um, so I don't I don't have yeah. anything against yeah. bringing coffee with you for an all day sit mid late november when it's cold and out there's and still a ton of guys that do it every year oh yeah and are successful doing it <laughs> yep. i guess you know your thermos is sealed up if you feel like you got a slow point make it happen get your coffee yeah. put it back in and nice hand warmer too. Yeah. Yeah. throw yeah. it in the pack yeah. yeah so i think that's an yeah. important thing you know i i was uh last year i warmed up uh beef broth and just put it in a thermos to sip on yeah that's good yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I and I think also kind of our impetus for starting this was, I mean, I used to buy a lot of my kind of high-performance clothing at REI, you know, until I had a friend of mine that uh, he actually helps in our roastery. He works at REI part-time. I mean, that's, uh, that's a goofball co- uh, company, really. I mean, they they got, I shouldn't say they're a goofball co- company, but they just, I mean, the things they support and make a big deal about, uh, and some of the causes that they want the employees to sponsor and get involved in would shut off hunting in our our local, you know, some state parks and what's REI? I don't know why I'm unfamiliar with that unless uh, I'm just drawing a blank. Recreational Recreational Equipment Incorporated. It's a big clothing store, oh, and man. and I remember remember reading you know why Sitka and Kuyu and Kafaru and some of these other clothing companies started. It's like why should hunters go to REI? You know, or some extremely liberal right. uh, organization to buy high-performance alpine hunting clothing. We need we need camo. We need hunting clothes. Uh, you know, supporting those causes. So that's really right. what we're doing with Hunter Blend Coffee. Yep. Right. No, I think that's great. Yeah, that's it makes awesome. sense too. I mean, that's why I'm glad we talked about that for listeners. Are like they're doing a podcast with a coffee company, and then you know that puts yeah. it all in perspective. Yeah. Like, okay. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. So you guys did a lot of traveling to find this coffee, like all over. Just I do. I travel all over the world um, with a past job I used to have is with a church organization. I got into Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, all over Central America, Nicaragua, Honduras, Costa Rica, and in South America, Ecuador, Colombia, and really saw that coffee needs a peasant class. It needs a a real bottom class of people who basically work their butts off. Right. The working produce, class. Yeah, the working class. You mm-hmm. got it. And with with no hope, no hope for anything being different next year. I, I've met, 
uh, farmers who were six, five, six years they owed to kind of a company store, kind of a short-term bank that would give them boots and give them beans and rice and spray for the fields at, at against coffee they were going to get you know pay back as harvest and mm-hmm. they're five six years behind and and they're saying my daddy's daddy did this my daddy had this farm and now i got it and man i'm gonna lose it you know it's like well how many years have you sold coffee below cost to produce you know they're like five six eight years wow. and some something's got to change in the in the whole coffee's grown around the equator like three, four hundred miles north and south of the equator on a volcanic soil around the earth. And those co- countries typically, and I've been in a, a many of them, but they're typically either dictators or political unrest or they've had hurricanes and tsunamis. Uh, we just got coffee in from Sulawesi and Bali and Sumatra, which is Indonesian coffee. Mm-hmm. Fantastic coffee. But, um, you know, there's poverty like crazy in these countries. And coffee's a big cash crop, and if there's no money in it, um, let me just tell you a little story. Up in northern Thailand, Chiang, Chiang Rai is the city. Mm-hmm. I went in there seven, eight years ago, and it was a quiet, stinky, dirty. I mean, it stunk. The village smelled. It was dusty. It was hot. Even the dogs. When I when I get out in the rural poor countries, I like to look at the dogs. If the dogs are running around and healthy, then I know life is probably pretty good. But if a dog is skinny and, and slinking around like it's looking, somebody's going to, you know, eat it, um, I know it's pretty tough around there. And this mm-hmm. village, uh, north of Chiang Rai, Doi Chung's the village was that way. Now we started buying coffee out of there. I get two containers a year. And now you go, it's like, what I didn't know now, but now I know the women were all gone. Most of the young women were in Bangkok in the sex industry. Mm-hmm. And when they heard there's work at the village, they came home. And now there's pots of flowers out in front of the doors and the kids are running around. The people are singing. There's like 80 women working, sorting the coffee they're going to ship to us. Oh, That's wow. just a little a coffee. If it's, if it's developed and and thought about a little bit is a tool of community development. And that's what we're work. That's what Hemisphere Coffee Roasters works at. And so Hunter's Blend is is those coffees, Thailand and Nicaraguan coffee blend. And uh, that's what Hunter's. Gotcha. When, and then we also we also give back to hunting uh, causes. Whitetail Unlimited. Um, we're going to be partnering with other nonprofits and also. Um, other sponsorships that we're doing. Very so, cool. NBA Very cool. and yeah, you guys should get teamed up with like uh, right the Pope and Young Club and like the Boone and Crockett Club would probably be really cool. Right, right. Yes, uh, we're talking to the Safari Club right now about some sponsorships and fundraising ideas for the different chapters. Oh, very cool, very awesome. cool. You know, when you talked about um, Thailand and st- my wife's a big like world traveler. I wish she was in here. I think uh, I don't know if she's home yet. I'm going to pull her in when she gets home because she absolutely loves the coffee. But uh, my wife lived in Thailand and taught English for four months one oh, summer. Really? And I oh, think really? she was right in wow. around that area that you're talking about, Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Chiang Mai uh, is two hours from Chiang Rai. Chiang Rai is like a little farming town outside of Chiang Mai. Yeah, I think she was in Chiang Mai and – oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. I – 
I know the name of it. Anyway, and then she was just in Ecuador, or no, not Ecuador, uh, Guatemala uh, last month. And oh, really? she, she did some tours oh, of wow. some coffee uh, coffee farms and stuff yeah. like that and brought some yeah. coffee home. Yeah. And there's a big lake outside of uh, Antigua, Guatemala, Lake Atalan, and that I get I get coffee from a couple group there of 25 farmers but i want to say she was there and she like hiked a bunch of volcanoes out there and all sorts. Yeah. and then two days after she left one volcano that a volcano erupted i'm like well good <laughs> thing you fucking came <laughs> home get the hell out of there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like i get nervous and exactly. she goes to thailand for four months and i'm like you know the thai people are like super kind people but you know the western yeah. outlook on a country like that is like you know, a white, a pretty white girl goes there. You're like, oh my god, no! And then like, it's really not like what people think it yeah, is, right? Right, right. But no, yeah, I, yeah she would get a kick out of that. Just all the travel has just got to be a really cool part of the job. Yeah, I was just recently in Haiti. Uh, we, I know they used to have really good coffee, but it's the logistics, the roads. We we got on a like little jeep hanging on to a roll bars and went like four or five hours up over a rock. We came actually to a pin that in 1950s on the U.S. Marines drove this big steel rod and put a plaque up there. They, it was a road they had built, and it was pretty fun to see that. But we got there was no road anymore. We just climbed over rocks and through little fields and pastures and got back to this coffee zone. And I just asked a question, how would you get this coffee to the port? And that's, you know, logistics. And there's a hundred and some steps that, uh, that coffee goes through just to get it to a roaster that it, every step is either cleaning it or washing it or packing it. That if someone's not paying attention, they're going to screw the coffee up. And one big, and they said, well, we would put it in little bags and bring it out by donkey. And I said, okay, we're out of here. <laughs> that ain't going to work. That's Crazy. insane. It's cool that you actually get to go to these places and interact. Yeah, and check it, check the whole operation out and stuff. Yeah, I actually get to talk yeah. to the farmers and make all that happen. Um, tell us about because I you don't, know, I'm so ignorant. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, it was just interesting. Uh, most of these countries have like you just don't ever see wildlife, and they've got laws, but it's so poor they just people just shoot and kill and eat anything, anything that moves. Can't even find a possum type. Thing. You know, they kill it needed. In Nicaragua, there's a little deer. It's, um, I mean, maybe only 18 inches or 20 inches at the shoulder. And uh, at the most recent uh, Archery Trade Association meeting, I was talking with Jim Jockey. Mm-hmm. And Jim said he just got permission from the Nicaraguan government to go to a kind of a set aside wooden mountain that has these deer. And he's going to be with his muzzleloader shooting one of these deer. Which I found interesting because the farmer that I get from uh, coffee and he's got six hundred some acres of woods, it's like big canopy. He said, "Oh, it's been thirty, forty years since they saw one of those deer in their in their woods." Really? People just shoot them, shoot them, and that's huh. really a testament to the sportsmen in, in the U.S. You know, the conservation we value what we value, we protect. You know, we put a we, we have licenses and we have limits and and uh it's amazing what white coat deer has done you know mm-hmm. come back yeah, yeah kurt and i because uh, we value it we went down to uh brazil and we noticed that, that there's no laws on hunting <clears throat> but yeah. everybody still does it it was kind of yeah kind of weird yeah. yeah me and cameron went there for yeah. work and we were we were asking so many questions of the locals like what do you got for deer here like what kind of animals are here 
Like they don't really know, but they're like, oh, people just shoot things kind of year round, even though they're not supposed to. Yeah, it's, it's against yeah, the law. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, you got to against the keep the law and die. You're going to shoot it and live. You know. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy how other things off operate. You know, like North America is so big on conservation. I mean, you know, the U.S., Canada, and and so on. But like New Zealand's a different area. There's no predators there. It's yeah. like hunters are the conservation. Well, we are everywhere, but right. it's, it's just crazy to see like these other the countries that just they're not as wildlife focused. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because they're they're still trying to get to where they're focused on like what they're doing and get above water. Yes. Or, or they just yeah. don't care. Yeah. Or if they don't yeah. care. I don't know. I, I would assume that their societies just aren't they're not to the point where they have they can focus on conservation as heavily like we can. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I might be completely yeah. wrong, but I that's my assumption from a distance. Yeah, that's that's a good I, I just don't know you know, we've got we've got a heritage of of hunting and exploring and opening up territory and living off the land. And, uh, but I, I remember I grew up between Akron and Canton, Ohio. And I remember my dad all excited came out and took us out to a, a field and said, you see that? That's a deer track. You know, <laughs> and, Whoa, that's a deer track. We just never saw a deer. Well, now my uncle he just passed away last summer, but he was getting, uh, you know, 150, 160 class deer in little woodlots. There's all kinds of all kinds of deer. Right, it's <laughs> they, a, they've really come back. It's amazing because yeah. Ted Nugent says this all the time. You know, if if hunters are hurting things, how are records being broken every year? Right. You know, there might not yeah. be a world record, but there's either a state record, a county record. Yeah. You know, yeah, people are shooting bigger and bigger true. deer every year. Yeah, like yeah. like you said, there's a hundred. Yeah. Hell, I mean, what was it two three years ago in a little town, Rock Island, Illinois, which is. Uh, yeah. you know, northwest. Yeah, no yeah, there was a two hundred and I measured it. I can't remember what it was double dropper town. Uh, double dropper buck, two hundred and twenty uh, something inches shot in town. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. next yeah. to yeah. the hood. Yeah. You know, it lived. This deer pretty much <laughs> lived a mile away from the the hood in the Rock town. Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not just wow. deer. I mean, it's bears, mountain lions. I mean, yeah. elk. It's everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's getting yeah. crazy. It's hard to argue that hunters, what we're doing is is doing bad for a species yeah. because, right? You know, people want to just see the like. For example, when Corey Knowlton bought that bid on that uh, black rhino a few years back, about I don't know yeah. what he paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something or more maybe yeah. to harvest this one troublesome black rhino. Everyone freaked out on him. They didn't realize like, hey, this one rhino is aggressive. He's going to kill one of the only breeder males yeah. left of the species. Right. And if they don't hunt this yeah. hunt and shoot this animal, the species is done for. It's almost like they can't wrap yeah. their heads around kill to save the species, which I get. But man, and, and all that money yeah. is going, you know, conservation yeah. and yeah, the communities down there. That money. Yeah, and I see that. You know, when I watch some, um, you know, safari shows and stuff of of hunting in Tanzania and, and uh, South Africa, where they put a, the, the the villagers learn that there is a value and when the poachers come in and take out a bunch of animals they just they're stolen from you know and you need yeah. them to get defending yeah right right not to get too far off topic here but did you see that whole uproar i haven't really like read all the details on it yet but i knew i wanted to like bring it up on a future episode that girl shot that uh 
darker color phase uh, giraffe. Oh, the black giraffe. Yeah, yeah and everyone's freaking out on just, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw Facebook on it, the posting of it, didn't research it. Mike, did you see that that giraffe, the girl he shot? Yeah. It's yeah, I don't know anything about it. I want, yeah. Getting death threats and all yeah. that. I'll have to pull it up here. Um, but you know what? What's sad about it is, just since we're on the topic, is you know I saw um, like I have Snapchat. And if you go through like what stories are on Snapchat, there's a a news thing on Snapchat called mm-hmm. "Stay Tuned," and it, first thing I saw is you won't believe whatever, and showed the picture of the girl with that giraffe. And you you know that's a, a super left news source that's gonna basically just put yeah. on like not even get into the details and why. And I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure that was yeah. a legal harvest and everything like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to have nothing good to say. It's going to be all just mm-hmm. this politically biased. What a monster murdering this super rare. It'll be have like the title will always be murder super rare animal right. or yeah. very like near extinct giraffe yeah, yeah. something stupid. Last of its kind. Yeah, I'll pull it up. We remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I think that twelve year old girl shot a giraffe or something like that a while ago. And she got the same thing. Everybody was hating on yeah. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's happened more and more with like kids that shoot like albino deer. That even people, if it's legal in their state, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Kendall Jones, yeah, shot that lion yeah. three years ago, and just because she's a pretty girl and yeah. was smiling, you know, she got all that, uh, all the death threats and stuff. Which figure that out. But, but you know, I, I really, what I oh. like about hunting, taking my son out and having, you know, show him how to gut a deer, and then he starts shooting his own, shooting his own deer and gutting them out. It's, it's the tie back that that food comes from something you know food has a has a traceable beginning and you just don't go to Kroger and buy your meat and then criticize somebody that shot something mm-hmm. you, you you i think too many kids don't understand where food comes from where milk comes from where where coffee comes from you know there's a backstory and it's not real pretty you know Something's got to die to give you meat to eat. Exactly. Right, right. That's where that's where meat comes from. I remember telling my son, "Beat his muscle." What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You know what muscle is. But so, so what? Do, what do we eat here, Dad? We're going to eat the muscle. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, here I just pulled up that that yeah. article, and this is uh, the New York Times, and this is uh, July third, twenty eighteen. This is the first paragraph. The dead giraffe is curled up on the ground in souvenir photographs. The American woman who killed it during a guided hunt is in South Africa is nestled in the curve of the animal's long neck, clutching her long gun and pointing at the sky in gratitude. Like it's just the, the way things are worded is so snaky. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it just goes on to kind of trash her. Like, um, yeah. it's just well, not good. Yeah, that's the yeah, and that's unfortunately that's. That's the left, um, and it just all the more makes me realize we as hunters got to stick together, you know. And exactly. what's really tough, left, guys, about rice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what's tough about what we're doing though is to produce a coffee for hunters. Is coffee is very subjective. What someone likes, and what I'm what I'm trying to go here is that. You can roast coffee to different levels and bring out little subtle differences. In fact, as it gets darker and darker and darker and more and more char comes into the taste, a real dark roast, uh, there's very little other nuances of 
acidity and brightness and lemony notes that a lighter roast does. So when when I when I talk about a hunter's blend, we really worked hard at getting a taste that most people would like. But I still, you know, you, it just depends. Coffee is consumed for pleasure. It's not consumed for nutrition or for uh, health or, you know, it's just pleasure. Mm-hmm. What do you like? So whenever I hear somebody say, we have the world's best coffee, that's like saying, oh, blue is the world's best color. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But somebody else might like red, you know, and and uh, the whole wave we're talking about in coffee, they're, they're we, we different historians talk about first wave, second wave, and third wave, and the U.S. is a third wave where coffee is roasted light, very light, to let some of the fruity and the, and the undeveloped flavors kind of come out. Just mm-hmm. almost, it's almost bitter. And that's a bad word, bitter. Bright is the same thing, but it's a good word. It's bright, it's acidic. Right. But we've, we've taken Hunter's Blend to a darker level. That is more the preferred palette of, uh, it's kind of with the second wave, the, in the working class. Like, uh, the second wave was the coffee breaks coming into labor, uh, GIs coming home from World War II. Uncle Sam fed the coffee in the trenches just to keep them warm and, and holding something hot in their hands. It wasn't their honeys back home. It was their cup of coffee. And, and they came home and they wanted coffee. And so, you know, he brought it into the, to the coffee breaks and there was coffee and it was really nasty coffee, but it was dark and mm-hmm. black and strong. And, and that's still what it seems like the working class hunter wants is mm-hmm. a darker roast. And that's what Hunter's Blend is. It leans that way. But it's difficult because as a roasting company, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, we have 30, 40 different coffees and flavor profiles because everybody likes, we have whatever you want. And then to pull one out and say, this is Hunter's Blend, um, it's pretty bold <laughs> right, to do right. that, you know, yeah. try to try to get everybody. Well, the cool know. thing is, how we, we kind of touched on it earlier, there's so many different ways to make it. and. Me and my wife went camping a few weekends ago. I posted this picture on like our uh, Insta story, and one of you guys responded. We did a, yeah. a, and I'm drawing a blank on how we how my wife did it. It was her operation. We put it in the fridge overnight, like a cold brew, I guess. Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. And then we took that, we put it in our mana coolers, brought it out to the campsite, pulled it out, and had it in the morning before we went out on the trail because we brought our UTVs with. And I posted that on yeah. our uh, Insta story. And one of you guys responded with a recipe that I haven't done yet, but sounded amazing. I don't know if you want to if you want to cover that with the protein powder. Um, I'm going to put Mike Schwarzenegger on. He is the protein powder recipe guy. Here's here's his take on it. Okay, awesome. Hey, Kurt. Hey, what's going on? Yes, sir. Doing okay. How are you guys? Oh, awesome. Just Hanging peachy. Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, you said yeah, that message so, uh, about that protein powder, the coffee blend, when you saw me post that photo at the campsite when we did. Is it called a yeah. cold brew? Is that what that be when we? Well, put- not technically. I mean, um, it's just what uh, actually what I do. This will probably make all cringe a little bit. So the coffee that's left over from the day before, I pour it out to a mug. So it'll, uh, it just cools the room temperature overnight. And so in the morning, uh, throw that over ice. And then a, a scoop or two of uh, 
chocolate, whey, protein. And, uh, you know, usually a scoop around 20 grams. So depends how much protein the person wants in flavor, but you can get 20 to 40 grams of protein in there. And then I'll throw some sweetener in and blend it up. The idea came from, um, like, with all the people that eat the keto diet, like high protein and fat and Mm -hmm. low carb or whatever, um, they have this thing called bulletproof coffee, and you're supposed to use, uh, what, organic, free-range, I'm not sure, butter, and, you know, a bunch of ingredients like that. And I just kind of took the idea from that. And uh, so, yeah, coffee and ice and uh, chocolate protein powder and then some sweetener. Blend that up real good, and then I'll take about a quarter cup of cream. Uh, just ask my wife to get, you know, heavy whipping cream at the store. About a quarter cup of cream. Pour that into my my drink container, and then pour the uh, the blended mix over top. If you blend the cream, it just turns into a froth. Right, right. And uh, good lord, that will keep you going till at least mid morning. Sometimes I don't even eat till noon. That's like a perfect um, it's, it's pre- like that, morning pre-hunt. That sounds that breakfast good. Yeah, and I'm not a big coffee drinker, and that sounds pretty <laughs> good, actually. Well, it's really like a meal. I mean, it, in the, I think the fat in there keeps you full, and there's protein, too. But it, it just, uh, it really, and then especially if somebody's wanting to watch their carp or whatever, it's a great breakfast. But then I like it in the afternoon, too. Um especially in the summer. It's a great, cool drink. Sometimes I'll drink it, you know, an hour or two before a workout or whatever. And so it, it gives you energy for, you know, that fat kind of gives you a prolonged energy. And it, but it tastes really good um, just on its own. So it's kind of a thing I've gotten on to lately. So I'm usually making at least one or sometimes two a day of those things. They're pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. That'd yeah, be that's... good for the stand, too. So, I mean, you said if it takes your hunger away, you know, you're not hungry in the morning hunting. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to carry, like, wrappers oh, with you. Six yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Sandwiches. That, that's a really good point. I didn't think of it for that because it really does stick with you. I mean, it's not, you know, there and gone and right. The uh, I've, you know, I've tried taking, uh, you know, protein bars out of the wrapper and put them in the plastic baggie and, <laughs> And well, those things still crinkle in the. Co- it's just no way to get around the noise. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I have, I have some ideas that I'm thinking of right now, and you guys, you can, <laughs> pay, you can, yeah. This is normally doesn't end up good. Normally, when I pitch my ideas on a podcast, we're like, "That's a decent idea." Like nobody really <laughs> likes it. No one wants to tell you it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Nobody like they don't want to right. tell me on air it sucks, but you guys have. You know, you guys are more than welcome to tell me it sucks and you hate me. Hey, Curtis sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, well, as you're saying that, I have ideas for different, like, blends or styles of coffee. You can, like, pitch this certain way to make coffee and have either, either the recipes on your website or the different blend. Like, one, you could, like, that one could be called the All Day Sit, you know? Right. Oh, nice. And then, like, you. No, hey, I got to give you a. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'll just jump in and say that's a great idea. Okay, okay, this is going good. So let me sync all this real quick. I'm not done. And then you could do one. (laughs) Oh, gears are moving. (laughs) Gears are moving a little fast. You could do one called the 200-inch blend, you know, and you could make up a recipe for that or, like, on the packaging, like someone that killed a 200-inch deer, hopefully me this year, while I had Hunter's Blend coffee in the stand with me. Right. So you got the all-day sit, 200-inch blend. And then that's all I got. I'm more. I'm. I'm. <laughs> that's I'm it. Not. You well, got that's, typical, non-typical. That's enough to get to, uh, 
non-typical. Non-typical, like that. yeah. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Nice. See? Well, we've been talking. Uh, Paul mentioned that the other day about doing, uh, like, little video segments, whether it be on YouTube or whatever, but that'd be something uh, to put on the website, just little interesting little uh Recipes. Little tidbits like that and the recipes. That's uh, I I like that. I wrote it down here actually. Awesome, awesome. And you we, could have the working class blend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could just put oh, our, just yes, put our sir. logo in the little corner of the label. Yeah, just a tiny little logo. We'll be <laughs> all right with that. <laughs> and then okay I got that. one. That's right. You could use one. This is the blend that's going to really hit home with the superstitious hunter. You know, the guy who's always like doing certain things is down on his luck. He wants to change the season. The good luck blend. Ooh, it's that's your, right. It's your morning blend. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a, like it, and in, in the background, the image on the on the packaging is a guy in a tree stand at full draw, pointing down like he's shooting a deer at like twelve yards. <laughs> that see see that's it. That's the that's that is uh, connecting the image to uh, what they're all looking for. So if I drink that good luck blend, I think I'll be. Uh, be setting up for a good shot there. I like that. You guys kind of already have that last one on your wrapper, <laughs> but I just took it to another level. Like, high up in the <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Bam. Took it right up there. So that's right. Take them if you'd like. You know, my ideas are free on this podcast. <laughs> just my logo's got to be somewhere. <laughs> no extra chart. That's right. Yes, it, can, sir. it can be in the little tiny fine print. Kurt is an idiot. Hashtag working class bow hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, yeah, you guys ought to try that if, if you like that sort of drink. Sometime try that uh, that blended drink, and if you if you're not into that sort of a flavor, anyways, it's you know probably not going to like it. But it's uh, it's uh, you get a coffee and chocolate, you know, together, and it's, uh, I put a lot of sweetener in because I like sweet stuff. So, yep, it's uh, and that's like I said, I'm not a coffee drinker at all, but I might be after that recipe. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? For somebody that's not a coffee drinker, that'd be a great thing to try. Okay, because, I got something uh, you for you some, here. Yep. Steve just submitted yep. a question from Canada, and uh, okay. this is something that Steve would ask, and he would kill about twenty minutes of a podcast on this one question. <laughs> oh God! Steve wants to know if there'll ever be a pumpkin spice blend. God. <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing that does exist on the uh, on the hemisphere coffee side of things. So, uh, there at, he said somebody wrote in and asked about a uh, pumpkin spice plant. It was Steve, our idiot host. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, Paul City calls that fufu coffee. <laughs> well, hey, you got to take care of all the insta famous huntresses on the Instagram there. Right, so, right. well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Got to cater to everyone. <laughs> That's right. Tell people where they can find your guys' coffee. Well, right now it's primarily at uh, huntersblendcoffee.com. We have some uh, you know, independent archery and, and hunting shops here and there scattered around. And that's one thing um, we really encourage people to do. If, if, you, if, you, if you buy a bag of coffee and you really like it, you know, go to your local hunting store and say, hey, check these guys out. We've got a wholesale program. It's really no risk to the uh, to the arch to the uh, hunting store because if they don't move the the product within a certain whatever you know a few three four months or whatever it is, the coffee now, now maybe fifty percent of the people that buy that coffee aren't going to know the difference if it sat there a month or a year, but we certainly do. And there's a lot of people that know good coffee. And so once it's sat there for three or four months, it's going to be deteriorating 
and the, the, the hunting store is not making any money either. So if that were to happen, at that point, we would settle up for the difference, and they're really not out anything. But hmm. the reality is, if they, you know, the ideal thing is that they want to have a pot on here, there, you know, if they have an open house on a Saturday, serve it. You know, if they have a range, uh, you know, where guys come in to practice or, or have leagues or whatever, you know, it tastes really good. Um, we had a number of people at the ATA show that uh, said, I don't even like coffee, and that's really okay, you know, mm-hmm. to the people that do like coffee saying, oh, my, that's really good. So it is a good coffee, and, and uh, so if a, if a local shop wants to try it and, you know, serve a little bit here and there or whatever, it's going to move. Um, you know, I, we're not afraid of that, but if there is this, yeah. We, we've had come up that if it doesn't move, we're going to we're going to bail them out, and um, so they're, they're really uh, no risk to them. So, cool. but you can always go directly to uh, huntersblendcoffee dot com and uh, get the coffee there. We got hats and mugs and whatnot on there as well. And we're going to be adding more as time goes on, but right now uh, got the uh, the coffee and, and uh, you know a few uh, merch items on there. So, uh, but yeah, definitely have people, you know, ask at the shop to check us out, and we'll be glad to set them up on the uh, on a wholesale program. The other cool thing that we're, you know, like to think would happen is instead of the let's say the wife does the grocery shopping, hey, we're out of coffee, you know, I'll get whatever's on sale this time. You know, the guy says, well, hey, hon, we're out of coffee. I'm gonna stop at the at the hunting store and pick up another bag. And so, you know, give them more opportunity or excuse to stop in in the off season and buy a bag of coffee, and who knows what else they're going to pick up while they're in there. So, right, um, you get people in trouble but, uh, doing that. Yeah, like <laughs> Use a credit card for part and cash for the other. That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, yep. to add into that, I, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. My wife is all over this stuff. Like you guys were. Oh, good. Thank you for sending that. The other package came in. She's like. Excuse the language. Fuck yes. <laughs> she pulls it out. It's like, yes, it's so good. And it is well, really we'll, good. We'll, t- well, we'll take that as a thumbs up then. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. A, it's a big F yes yeah. thumbs up. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. The most well, vulgar of thumbs up. that you guys like it. <laughs> well, you know, in the moment there. That's working right. class yeah, style. Glad you all like it. Yeah, you betcha. That's uh, glad to hear it. Well, we'll have to. Keep the guys hooked up here, and they appreciate you, you know, wanting to talk with us about coffee and giving us a chance to do that. Yeah, are you uh, are you guys going to be at ATA again this year? Yeah, we've got, um, I don't know, have you already paid for ATA? Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're paid up for that for uh, for the coming year, and so... Awesome, we'll have to meet up down there. Got the booth lined up. Oh, yeah, do that. Stop yeah. by. We're... Uh, Hey, let's podcast with, in the uh, booth. Do that. That would be awesome. Have a working class uh, podcast there in the booth. We're, we're teamed up with a few people like um, Ralph and Vicky, uh, oh, cool. Jimmy Sites, Grant Grant Woods, the uh, small town guys. Oh yeah, very so, cool. Gonna you know try to arrange a few times when a few of those guys can stop through or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, we could podcast at the booth, yeah. and you could pull us out of our hangovers. 
<laughs> that's, that's right. We'll just make it a little extra strong for you guys. There you go. There you go. Hell, I think you'd be pulling a lot of people out of hangover, hangovers at ATA show. And if you go to like Probably. Iowa Deer Classic in Des Moines, that's you're going to be fixing a lot of hangovers there. Fixing a lot of people up out there. <laughs> is that um, is that that's a public show? Yep, yep. It's yep. in Des Moines. First yeah. week of March, usually every year. Okay. Yeah, Paul just mentioned today we might want to think about next, yeah, first quarter, whatever, next spring, look at some of these shows and getting out and do more of a retail thing. Um, I think it'd go over well at Iowa yeah. Classic. We podcast there. We have we podcasted there every year for the last three years or so. Yep. And, uh, you know, no, that, that'd be a, a big a, hit there. It's a great show there. Yeah, I think you guys would do okay. really, really well. Well, we'll have to make a note of that and throw that into the – mix of things to there's lots of opportunities out there that's for sure oh yeah yeah no doubt no doubt where can people find you on social media before we close it out i think uh facebook instagram and twitter everything is under hunter's blend okay. uh the name of the coffee is hunter's blend coffee so if somebody does a search for a coffee um they'll want to put the word coffee on there there's like a hunter's blend uh, food plot mix and <laughs> wine and uh, you know, Oops. all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So Hunter's Blend Coffee is the website, and then on uh, yeah, all the social media platforms, it's just Hunter's Blend. So, uh, yeah, check us out. All right. Yeah, well, awesome. You guys, stick on the phone here. I appreciate you joining the podcast, and thanks for sending the coffee out. It's amazing. Eric's got his... Uh, uh, the tumblers here are awesome. Yeah, got the tumbler. We use it every day. Good. Well, we appreciate it. Glad you guys like it. Eric, you got anything to add? No, just thank you, and uh, excited to see you guys at ATA this year. Hey, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's touch base beforehand and, and uh, maybe uh, get schedules lined up, and we'd love to sit down and chat with you guys. Absolutely. Doug, what you got? Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I'm going to try some of that, mixing up that coffee with the yeah. powder and everything. There you go. If you like it, uh, let us know or put something out there and pass along or whatever. Yeah, no problem. Tank, what you got? Oh, not too much. Coffee looks awesome. I need to try some now. Yeah. I smelled. I smelled it when I got in here, and yeah, I was like, "Ooh, what? what what's Ooh. that? <laughs> <laughs> Hangover cure? Yeah." <laughs> Well, we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And it's cool that you guys got to travel the world and, and get to see where exactly your product comes from. And, you know, thanks for supporting Hunters. That means a lot. And that's you guys are the companies we should all be supporting as a family anyway. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, it makes perfect sense for you guys to come on the podcast. And I'm hopefully more people will learn about what you guys do and the good of it from this episode. And uh, we'll see you guys here in the future. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you all. And thanks a lot. So, all right, everyone, thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for that Carbon TV release July 30th. That's a Monday night. We'll remind you every podcast until then. That's big for us. But you know what to do. In the meantime, go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.